This is Cats at Night on the Red Apple Podcast Network. We've got a great guest on the phone. He was on my show just three days ago, the great columnist from the New York Post, Michael Goodwin. Mike, welcome back to Cats at Night. How are you, pal? Very good. Thank you, Sid. Nice to have you back. A couple of days ago, you and I got pretty knee-deep in the whole document scandal, and you actually <laughs> wrote in your column, it was great, you said, quote, the president is in peril. you still feel that way? I do. I think that the uh, the document case itself, I believe, is significant beyond the documents in that where they are located, the fact that they were in the Wilmington house and Hunter Biden was living there, they're in the garage and he's driving the Corvette, which was supposedly the symbol of security there, that it was locked up so the so the documents were safe, what the president foolishly said. Um, and, of course, the Penn Biden Center. It, it's not as well known, but the the Penn Biden Center very much involved Hunter Biden as well. I mean, he was he was in on the meetings with the president of the University of Pennsylvania, who is now the American ambassador to Germany, thanks to Joe Biden. Um, Hunter Biden was using Joe's office and Joe's assistant, whom he recommended for the job, a woman named Kathy Chung, to set up calls uh, for his business. Uh, so there's, I think that here we see in, in very close proximity the business of Hunter selling influence and peddling his father's last name coming closer and closer to the president. It's no longer so much of an arm's length. I mean, we've had indications before the Tony Bobolinsky that uh, Joe is the big guy, uh, things like that. But now I think these documents have have sort of shined a light on these places, and we're seeing that the relationship between Joe and the Hunter business, I think, is even closer than we estimated. And I tend to believe that before it's done, we're going to find some more remarkable developments about this. You know, Michael, just yesterday in the Post, you highlighted so many of Joe Biden's lies that he told throughout it, and you highlighted it specifically uh, with his speech to the National Action Network, for those of those who, who don't know, that is Al Sharpton's network, in terms of what he was actually trying to do from an enforcement standpoint, and I think specifically about how cops... Uh, should uh, fire at feet and arms and other extremities right there. Uh, you know, in the light of George Santos and everything we've seen on the Republican side of this, uh, where do you see the accountability for Biden and the administration? See any anything changing in that regard? Well, look, I think that that, that was one of the worst speeches um, to, 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 I don't want to say in mankind's history, but I tell you, the, the international police unions are furious with Biden uh, over that speech. I mean, the point that you cited about the police shouldn't shouldn't uh, use deadly force. They should, when they have to fire, they should basically shoot to wound, which is a Hollywood fantasy. Uh, in, in a moment of peril, when you're facing the threat of an armed perpetrator, uh, the police officer aims is tr- is trained to aim not to shoot to kill, but to hit the biggest body mass. That's the easiest thing to hit. If you try to hit an arm, a leg, the hand with the gun, you, you could you could very well miss. Very easily, it would it would not be enough to stop the assailant and the officer 
or other innocent people nearby could be injured or killed. So the training is to stop. Once you've made the decision to draw your gun and to use it, you are taught to stop the assailant. And that means shooting for the chest cavity. And unfortunately, that does kill people many times. But the point is we give the officers authorization to use deadly force when they believe there is danger to themselves or others. And for Joe Biden not to understand that and to trot out all these cliches, these these worn out cliches about the police not looking like the people in the communities they work in and and the communities not trusting them. I mean, it's like he wanted to go back 20 years. And of course, he does this with Al Sharpton. But it, it was an outrageous speech. And uh, I, I urge you to find the uh, the police union, the International Union of Police uh, Organization statement. They said, you know better. We have talked to you about this many years, for many years. You said you understood this, and we will never endorse you again. Uh, that was It was quite a blistering statement in response to that speech. Michael, it's, uh, it's Judge Richard Weinberg. I think the, the problem, that's a, that was a bad speech. But it's a continuation of the Obama policy, which is to make a wholesale attack against law enforcement. And Biden has just doubled down on that and tripled down on that. This has gone on for a long, long time in the left wing of the Democratic Party. Absolutely. But here he is in, in, in front of Sharpton um, and, and a largely black audience. Um, and he's stirring up this police versus blacks claim as though it's continued. But, you know, the police department, take New York City, for example, it has been majority minority for nearly 20 years. I mean, these ideas are so outdated that somehow the police are this white occupying army army in minority neighborhoods. It's just ridiculous. It's It's foolish. But it's like Joe Biden stuck in a time warp. Uh, Last question. We have to take a break after this. Uh, uh, Did I wear you out? No, no, no. no, no. (laughs) You're doing great. You're doing great. uh, (laughs) President Biden has announced uh, that he's not going to decide if he's running for president until after uh, his State of the Union speech. Has the Democratic Party made a decision, especially when it appears in in the New York Times and the Washington Post, that Biden is going to be out? You know, look, I I think it's very much in play, John. I think that, uh, you know, he was sort of heading that way coming into the fall election. And when Democrats did better than they expected to, I think he got a kind of fresh bump out of that and thought, hey, I could ride this storm. I'm I'm not so unpopular after all. And, you know, we can get some things done in the next two years, maybe, and and we can go forward. But I think this uh, document issue has really shined a harsh light on him and on his habits. And I think the Democrats are thinking, wow, this is, you know, he, he overestimated himself, you know, by saying he might run. I, I think. It's hard to look at him and try to imagine him being president oh, God, for six no. more years. No, 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 and, no, no, no. And I think the Michael, Democrats see the same thing we all do. Now you're Michael, so now before you're we go off, one more thing. That, that Trump, President Trump, got screwed with the FBI going into Mar-a-Lago. Number two, all of a sudden, 
they, they, they find these papers is President Biden getting screwed by his own people. I don't think so, but we don't know why these papers turned up now. I, I, do. I grant you that. <laughs> I do. I, I, <laughs> I, I think he's being set up. What do you do, Mike? You're much smarter than I am, and so is John. But I've said on the morning show three times this week, this is no coincidence. I really believe it's his own people have taken him it's down. It's not a coincidence. Yeah. Somebody's, yeah. Well, That's well I think. could be. I, I, you know, I'm open to the possibility. I just haven't seen the evidence yet. That's well, fair. Thank you so much, and uh, we'll talk to you again next week. And. And uh, let's pray for our country and our city and our state. I agree with that. Thanks, Thanks Mike. You're great. You really are great.